Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Blue Butterfly Effect podcast. I am Millie Murillo, intuitive astrologer and spiritual coach. I am here with my co-host, Ashley Torrent, psycho-spiritual counselor and intuitive medium. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Blue Butterfly Effect podcast. Uh, Today's topic is around when the world feels like too much for a sensitive soul. I think that a lot of our listeners especially will feel um, hopefully seen by by this topic, but I think that a lot of uh, our listener base, you know, are, are people who tend to be much more aware of what's happening around them or attempting to understand uh, what their sensitivity is to the world. And we're recording this at a time in which I this question has been pretty prominent in my life, the sensitivity to, to the world around me. Um, and Ashley and I were talking about how we are all sensitive souls we just live in a world that has taught us very much to mask it and to call it by a lot of other different things except for what it is. And of course, we're going to go into, you know, what sensitivity is and what does it mean to have a sensitive soul. But I wonder for you, Ashley, when we pose this question or when we pose this topic, what is it that came up for you or comes up for you when you think about that and how you experience the world and how you observe others attempting to experience this world? Hmm. That's a good question. I re I remember when you brought up the topic, I think we spoke about this um, like a month ago. Mm -hmm. And um, I feel like it, it, I've been walking with this question, you know, for myself. And I think I'm constantly surprised at how sensitive I am, which seems silly to me considering mm -hmm. just everything I know about myself um, yeah. and the things I've talked about in our podcast. But what I begin to recognize as I strip away some of the ways I've been trained to be in the world, I come to realize more and more how I have blocked so much of my sensitivity, even in, as an intuitive and even as a therapist and all the things there are still ways that I'm blocking it. And it used to be by keeping busy, it used to be like not being able to be still, um, different coping mechanisms. Um, and what I'm finding is, you know, I think the question this brings up for me is I, I live, my life is much more enjoyable when I have an open heart, mm -hmm. but how do I live with an open heart? And I think that's what this question keeps bringing up to me because I love the world when I have an open heart, but how do I do that? And when you, you know, ask me about what I see in other people, I used to think that there was only a portion of people that were sensitive um, because from the outside, it often doesn't seem that way. Mm -hmm. But I think what we see is some of the people that inflict the most harm are some of the most sensitive people. I think Ooh. we see some of the angriest people that are the most sensitive, that they have overcompensated in a different direction, just like we all overcompensate for our sensitivity. And in teaching people, what I've come to realize is like, we are all sensitive. We just have no fucking idea how to handle it. Yeah. 
Thank you for that reminder, because that is such a huge reminder of, you know, and without going into having to have compassion for everyone, because I think that even that is, is a journey in itself to yes. get to genuine compassion for others. But that bit of information is so important. Yes, I think that because what you're posing, at least the way that I'm receiving it, is inherently we are all good. Inherently, yes. we are all love. And any time that we are expressing anything other than that, to your point, we are compensating for something else. Or mm -hmm. we are out of alignment with ourselves, with that light and love, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. Yeah, that was really powerful. That landed on me like that was a great reminder of that. Um, so, so thank you for bringing that in because we have been trained. I think that our minds are already very savvy. Our minds are very intelligent at avoiding or procrastinating or uh not being with what needs to be what we need to be with at any given moment mm -hmm. and we live in a world that facilitates that more and more and more and more mm -hmm. in so many ways right mm -hmm. so i i want to share the definition that ashley and i put together that felt right for us in terms of what what is sensitivity or or what defines a sensitive soul? And so what we came up with is someone who picks up on energies and intentions of those around them. And they, they are, they understand environmental toxicity, noise pollution, and when others are out of alignment or not honest. And so I, I want to leave that there for a second and see how that lands for all of you who are listening, mm -hmm. because I think that our definition of a sensitive soul absolutely comes from validating that we have sensitive souls and what that means and what that has looked like in our experience, right? Mm -hmm. I think I still have moments where... <laughs> I kind of mock my sensitivity and, oh, and I kind of, and it's my form of resisting it a little bit because I mean, think, think of the, the definition, right? We are aware of environmental toxicity, noise pollution, and whether or not others are out of alignment and not being honest. That's a lot. <laughs> That's a lot to be aware of at any given moment. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, is that I think that the reason we don't know how to hold that level of sensitivity is because again, we live in a world that makes it very easy to numb that out, to shut that part out. So we can, we keep busy, 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 busy. So what my days used to look like before I started in any kind of work was get up at 3.45 in the morning, get ready, be at the gym by 5 a.m., work out for an hour, hour and a half, get ready, then go to an eight hour job, then after work, run five miles, then sit in traffic, go home and do that all over again, five days a week. Mm 
And then the weekend was how do I keep distracted, which was a lot of noise pollution, senseless conversations, a lot of drinking, a lot of not being present. Nowhere in that in that space was there time for presence. Nowhere. So how could I be aware of the level of my sensitivity when I do think that I was being picking up on a lot of things, but there was always something else to do. There was always something else to go to, to go do. There was always another mile to run uh, and get that runner's high. So I think that a lot of the things that we are trained to or conditioned to believe are good for us, it's not that they're not good for us, is that they can also very well serve as a way to mask the sensitivity of actually being present in this world. Yes. And if you think of the system we live in, if you think of capitalism or patriarchy, um, sensitivity rails against those systems. So if we honor our sensitivity, how can we live in a system that doesn't honor the sensitivity? Like, how would we teach our children? What would relationships look like? What would partnership or marriage look like? How would we feed our bodies? How would we care for what would our medical system look like? You know, how would we take care of the earth or the planet? You know, if we start pulling these threads, what would unravel? And sensitivity ask us, hey, let's pull these threads. And I know my own sensitivity has made me go, yeah, I don't agree with the school system. So I'm going to homeschool my kids. Mm -hmm. You know, what does relationship look like to me? What does food look like to me? It's making, if I honor it, it makes me ask some big questions, but I also have to be prepared to hold the unraveling. And I think like the system doesn't support the unraveling. Who's going to support us if we start to unravel all these threads? If like what you were saying, if we let go of those coping mechanisms, if we drop the un- the willingness to suppress our sensitivity or to numb out, if we if we move towards presence and we sit with like, okay, so if I let myself be sensitive and I honor it, what the fuck does that look like? <laughs> right? Yes. And I don't, I don't know. You know, I think it's different for everyone. I want to know what that brings up for you. Cause I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm going somewhere. <laughs> no, you know, it's so earlier when I mentioned there's still parts of me that kind of resist my sensitivity is because the world just really does feel like a lot. Sometimes mm-hmm. it just feels, so I have created space in my life to be, mm-hmm. and I, it's interesting because I have worked very hard to create space in my life to not work hard. So at times, right. That's, that's interesting, but to come off of, of years of working under that very regimented lifestyle Mm -hmm. and then to just be with myself and everything that that came up with and then do, you know, work that helped me understand a lot of those things and then do nervous system work, which has really, I mean, I think I've said it so much, but nervous system work is what has really shifted so much of my life. When you do intensive nervous system work, you are rewiring your nervous system to no longer be addicted to that type of pace, movement, yeah. To a certain type, to a certain level of noise, of toxicity around you, 
whether it's, you know, toxins, like actual toxins around you, you can sense when something feels off in the air. You can sense when food is not right. I mean, everything heightens when you do intensive nervous system work, because the point is to get you back to your natural state or as close to that as possible. When you think about that, your natural state is peace and you begin to experience what that actually is, you're like, holy shit, the world is not that. The world is everything but that. And that goes, and that, to your point, hits everything. It hits food, it's the way people drive, the way the, the way people speak, the way people speak to one another. Um, everything feels like a lot. Um, I tell, so I, <laughs> I, I talk about this quite often too. It's like, I live in my own little world in this apartment. This is my world. This is my safe space. My home is my favorite safest place in the whole wide world. When it didn't used to be that way. It used to be quite the opposite. Mm-hmm. And so to then have, to then honor a life that now knows a little bit more peace to honor the sensitivity of my soul and my nervous system in a world like this, in a city like Los Angeles, is an interesting way to live. Sometimes it's, it's, it's hard. And that's where the resistance can come sometimes because you can't escape it, but I'm also not trying to escape the very reality of my world and where essentially I choose to live. Mm-hmm. Well, if you think about it, those of us that are in therapy or, you know, on in some sort of healing process, we're in recovery from damage or abuse done to the idea that we are sensitive or, you know, to the sensitivity that we showed up with that the world said not okay mm-hmm. for whatever reason. So we're recovering that state, like you said, that natural state, we're trying to bring that back. And I think one of the, I read this beautiful thing the other day, and I hope I don't butcher it, which I'm kind of known for sometimes. Um, Mark Nepo has a beautiful book. I think you have it, the book of Mm -hmm. awakening. Mm -hmm. And he was talking about when you grow up in an environment where you just learn to survive, 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 survive. He said he used to face the world with like a mitt in his hand. He was ready to catch everything that was coming his way. I, you've mm-hmm. probably read this and I really thought it was beautiful. He was like, you know, someone was going to hurt him. He could catch that. He would be one step ahead of whatever was coming at him and always in a state of protection. And I think what we're we're trying to say is like, okay, so we can live in a survival state of protection, but that blocks our sensitivity. So as we go through this recovery or healing process, how do we learn to trust that we can face the world and hold the beautiful and the terrible at the same time without having to be on the defense without having to catch everything. Like how can we trust ourselves that we can see when people are out of alignment and come back to our own energy? We can see that there's something toxic or the noise pollution, but we can come back to our quiet, come back to our state of rest, come back to our silence, that we don't have to hyper or overexpose ourselves or numb ourselves, but we create safe spaces within ourselves or in our lives to do that. Right. One of the questions that came up as we were, 
you know, outlining this episode was what happens when our sensitivity knows no boundaries. And so Mm. that's the flip side, right? That's the flip side that we go from completely numbing it without even realizing that we're numbing our sensitivity to then realizing, oh my God, I am really connected to everything. And this is what it feels like. And I have to validate it so I don't go crazy and hopefully, you know, have someone else to help me process it. Right. But I think what can happen as you're just, as we're discovering that is that it can go the complete opposite, which is, (laughs) What I have experienced on and off for the last couple of years, but definitely over the last couple of months, which is not wanting to leave the apartment at all because just the world, the world just feels like too much. Mm -hmm. And at least what's been coming up for me is, okay, I can't not, not leave the apartment. I can't not, not talk to people. (laughs) I can't not let the sunlight hit my skin. Right. And it's very easy for me to do that because I love my books. I love my space. I love what I do. It's very easy. Mm -hmm. And, and I am still part of this world. I still live in this world and there's a reason and there's a purpose for that. So this energy that I'm describing reminds me of Pisces energy in the Zodiac. uh, Pisces is the last sign of the Zodiac. It's the 12th sign of the Zodiac. So it represents the culmination of a journey, essentially, and all of the wisdom that is gained from that journey. And so that journey being Aries through Aquarius, the journey of the previous 11 signs and everything each one of those signs represent, every aspect of our life that that each of those zodiac signs hits. The point of Pisces energy being the last sign of the zodiac is that it has a pretty profound and well-rounded understanding of the human experience Mm. and what that means at a spiritual level. Pisces is a water sign. When you think about the profundity of that, the understanding of the human experience in its totality and what that means spiritually, by the time that you get to that point in your life, if you, if I think that if a person doesn't have the bandwidth to hold all of that, it can feel like you're drowning, mm-hmm. right? To to keep with that water analogy of Pisces energy, or you can ba- you can actually bask in the vastness of everything. Mm-hmm. which is really interesting because we don't know what that, I don't think that we live in a world that teaches us how to just be with everything. No, <laughs> we don't. Right? Now, when you said bask with everything, I was like, oh, what does that look like? <laughs> and so I'm taking, so for anyone who's interested in, in astrology, I take a lot of my knowledge and teachings from an evolutionary astrologer named Stephen Forrest. Uh, I I recommend his books all the time. And so the way that he describes Pisces energy, ideally, is the ability to see, to have the understanding of, of life and the world, everything that comes with it, all of the joys and all of the tragedy, and still be able to take a step back and say, 
but that is what life is. Mm. And so it's interesting to me that there's there's a lot of things going on in my chart and and but there's a lot of activation of Pisces energy in my chart. But currently we have Saturn in Pisces transiting all of us. That's what's in the sky right now. Saturn, the planet of structure, commitment, the planet of discipline, the planet of tradition, and the last sign of Pisces. So when we think of Pisces being the last sign of the zodiac before we begin a new cycle, there is a lot that is ending. There are a lot of structures that are ending, a lot of traditions that are ending. There is a dissolution of something, which I think Saturn and Pisces represents. But I think it's also another interpretation is having healthy boundaries around the understanding that we're be, that we're truly beginning to have about what's happening in the world. Hmm. So, I mean, think about what we're experiencing right now, right? There's there's atrocious wars happening in the world, one in particular. And what sat what the energy of Saturn and Pisces ideally tells us is how do you hold the tragedy that is absolutely real and you're watching it unfold before you? How do you hold that with love and compassion? and not become enmeshed by it. Because as soon as you do, how can you be of service? How can you shine a light in a different way? It doesn't, it's not about denial because you can't deny what you're seeing. No. But it is about understanding. Uh, and I want to be very mindful when I say this. It is about understanding that life comes with different experiences and that that's the point. Does that make sense? It does. I mean, mm -hmm. it's, it's, um, it's just, how do you hold like the beautiful and the terrible and life has terrible things in it, horrible, right. horrific, mm -hmm. tragic, traumatic things in it. That's a part of life. And it's like, I don't, you know, in some ways we do have to accept that that is a part of life and right. how do we be present for it, but not lose ourselves in it. And how do we also not overcompensate in a different direction where we close ourselves off from it, or we're not diving headfirst into the horrible. Right. And we're not completely shut off and walled up around it. And I think this is when we come back to our heart. This is right. when we come back to our grief that we acknowledge rather than blocking off or being over consumed by it, we come back to our heart and notice our reaction to it and spend time with that reaction. And I think so often as a sensitive person, I have to spend time with how the world has impacted my human heart. How do I sit with that? How do I sit with the grief, the sadness, the feeling help helplessness, mm -hmm. you know, and watching people fight back and forth, you know, and argue over who's right or who's wrong or any of it. Mm -hmm. Um, about a war or about just anything like politics or anything, right. how do I, because I feel like when we become present with our human heart and we allow that energy of grief or sadness or horror or whatever it is to move through us, then we're grieving for the collective. And I feel like when we move through that grief, we also find love. And when we can find that love, that loving, that loving energy also moves into the collective. I, 
I believe that when I honor my human heart, I honor also the hearts of all beings. Yes. And I think we need to remember that when we grieve, in in a sense, we're all grieving, whether we're aware of it or not. And when we find that place of love, then on some level, we're all finding that place of love because we're all one. Whether it's truly felt in a present day in this human realm way, but on a spiritual level, I do believe it's felt somewhere in the cosmos. Does that make sense? Yes, absolutely. Because that is also another great, the higher expression of Pisces energy. It's almost Mm -hmm. the the evolution of that Pisces energy is meant to aim towards. It's the understanding Mm -hmm. that the reason that that sign holds so much sensitivity is so that ultimately the understanding that when you come back to your own heart, you are also feeling into others' hearts. Mm. So I always have a lot of, um, Pisces is it's is a sign that I've always held with a lot of, I don't know, it, it has a special place in my heart because, and, and so did the other signs for, for different reasons. But Pisces is an interesting sign to me because I think that people born with significant Pisces placements, but especially the sun and the moon, and perhaps even Venus. I think they come into this world with the understanding of, oh my God, we are really all one. And and they have this level of sensitivity. They have this level of connection, but they come into a world that doesn't work that way. So for them to come to, to have that, is very, very natural and innate for them. And then when they come into a world that is not like that at all, that's a very difficult existence and experience to have. Mm -hmm. And so that's when that, what Stephen Forrest would say in his books, that's their lesson right there. To understand that you have the capacity to understand this and feel all of this and know that the point isn't to give up or be disappointed by it, but instead it's almost to lead by example and show how we are one, how we are connected, whether it's through your work or your words or whatever it is. But the adjustment period and and a lot of, one of the lower expressions of Pisces energy in the Zodiac is uh, addiction. So when you think about that, Pisces is the sign of the zodiac that represents addiction. So when you think about the the knowing that Pisces energy comes into this world with, and then it, it gets very disappointed by realizing people actually don't work like this. This work does this world doesn't work like this. They come to a fork in the road, and and I think in different stages of their life that looks like different ways. I will either somehow numb out or tune out. Or I would lead by example with this very sensitive heart, with this very sensitive soul. Yeah. And then you realize how much being a sensitive soul that doesn't get sucked into the world around them, which is very easy, how that's actually a really powerful thing, how that's actually a a more powerful stance to take. Hmm. I, I keep thinking of Jake, my 14 year old son who, you know, and he's a Pisces son in Pisces. 
Um, and this morning, you know, there's always wisdom by Jake and he's always processing <laughs> the world. You know, he's, he's, he's the guy that can read these people are not in alignment. He knows immediately. Yeah. Um, and he really struggles being a child, a teenager. Um, he just doesn't understand kids. He <laughs> can't wait to be an adult. But the thing he said to me this morning, and I can't even remember what he's leading up to it. But he goes, I think what I'm understanding is we have to find the middle ground, mom. And I'm like, right. He's like, we can't swing too far in one direction. Like we can't be too mean and we can't like be hurtful. And we also don't want to be so nice that we like make ourselves so vulnerable. Like he's like, I, you know, we're talking about discernment and intention behind that. But he's like, I think what I'm seeing is we need to find the middle ground. And we talked about like, well, I don't think there's too much of kindness. However, you know, you're dealing with humans and being discerning about like what your intention is about being overly kind. You right. know, what are you yeah. trying to get? But it was so funny, like just to hear that beautiful Pisces go. I think what we're trying to understand is how to find a middle ground. <laughs> and I think so that's beautiful. what we're talking about is like, how do we find a middle ground between overcompensation and getting lost in our sensitivity? Right. That's so beautiful. And and it's funny. That's, that's such a Pisces thing to say, right? Because the opposite sign of Pisces is the sign of Virgo. And so Virgo is an earth sign. Virgo is very is a lot more linear. Uh, it's a lot more based in this material world. And one of the highest expressions or the gift that Virgo brings to the rest of us, what it has to teach us is discernment, mm. is discernment. So for any Pisces out there, or really for anyone out there, Let's say that you're leaning to, and this is a little bit of an aside, but I think it's a good tidbit to have for everyone. If you're leaning too much into your sun sign, learn what the sign opposite of your sun sign is and what can you learn from that sign opposite of yours, right? So for Pisces is this, it can very much get lost. It can very much, you know, be just circular in its thinking and and the understanding that we are all connected in that essentially we come from the same source can can feel like so I'm just going to let things be and I'm just going to be passive right? right um no because then you can't function in this world that you came in to live what would what would a Virgo do because that is the sign directly mm -hmm. opposite of Pisces. So I love what Jake said about finding the middle ground, because essentially it does become about finding the middle ground between your sun sign and the sign directly opposite of that. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's so for, for those of you wondering, if you're an Aries, the opposite sign is Libra. If you're a Taurus, the opposite sign is Scorpio. If you're a Gemini, the opposite sign is Sagittarius. If you're a Cancer, the opposite sign is Capricorn. If you're a Leo, the opposite sign is Aquarius. And if you're a Pisces, the, I'm sorry, if you're a Virgo, the opposite sign is Pisces. And so obviously the opposite is true. Um, so anyway, we, we I went a little off track, but I thought that was a, a fun tidbit for people to have because I do find that it helps. Um, but coming back to to the sensitivity in the world, it really, and, and, and I think one of the reasons that this came up is that I was starting to notice myself not be, not wanting to be a part of this world, mm -hmm. <laughs> just not wanting to be a part of it, not wanting 
to socialize, not wanting to get out, not wanting to be out in the world. And that can give me other information. Maybe I need to find a calmer place to live. Maybe. Did you see that? Mm -hmm. Okay. Interesting. That was wild. Yeah. (laughs) Um, That's information for me. And I'm also, that's, that's where my Capricorn energy kicks in. I have mm-hmm. responsibilities and I, I actually like my responsibilities and I want to show up for my responsibilities and I want to meet my commitments and I want to do the things. So I'm not saying that I have an answer for this. I'm just saying that I'm navigating it by understanding that if I am in this world from a soul perspective, from a spiritual perspective, if I am in this world and I have the knowledge that I have and the gifts that I have, they're meant to be shared. Yes. And so truly understanding that is what helps me hold whatever it is I'm feeling and say, okay, I really have to move on with my day also to the best of my ability. (laughs) Well, it's interesting you say that because I think there's probably many people that have a hard time being in this world. I remember writing in my journal so often, I don't belong in this world. I don't belong in this world. I don't belong mm-hmm. in this world. Mm-hmm. And someone recently told my husband, um, it was a spiritual teacher he was working with. And you know, she was saying to him, of course you belong in this world because you are a divine being and you do belong here. And because you're here, you do belong here. You mm-hmm. are here. Your mere existence means you belong here. Mm. And so I think the question when we're feeling like we don't belong in this world or we don't want to be in this world, I think like you're saying is like, what is that a sign of? What if, How am I moving through my life where I'm burning out, taking too much in, um, where I'm not nourishing or feeding the parts of me, the beautiful, sensitive parts of me that need to be fed? And I think what I've come to accept is that I am a sensitive being. I do belong in this world, but sometimes it's a really hard walk. And Mm -hmm. so how do I make it the most beautiful walk that I can? And sometimes that's really hard. We've talked about trauma, having CPTSD. Mm -hmm. It's a real bitch, man. Mm -hmm. Um, Being knocked on your ass, you know, every so often and feeling Mm -hmm. like, you know, you're exhausted, you're scared, you're anxious, all the things. And what do I do to support those things? You know, like for me, I always talk about being in nature play, rest, animals, my kids, creativity, um, music, art, reading, whatever the things are, like finding the things that feel beautiful, spending time in the beautiful places with people you love that feel supportive. That's Mm -hmm. a sign like my body needs rest. I need to sleep. Mm -hmm. I'm doing too much because Mm -hmm. sensitive bodies need a lot of rest. They need nourishing food. They need quiet spaces. They need to commune with nature. Um, when you talked about basking in everything, I also just imagine just like standing in the forest and just being with everything there and allowing the silence of the forest to be nourishing, you know, wherever you can find natural spaces. But I think one of the things I want to stress is that we have a responsibility as sensitive beings to care for Mm ourselves. You know, we always talk about, it always comes back to, I feel like our relationship to the thing we're struggling with. So if I'm in relationship to my sensitivity, how do I honor that relationship? How do I be in relationship to it? If I am overloaded, that means I need to rest. If I'm feeling rested and energetic, how do I nourish it by being in beautiful spaces? So anyway, I just wonder what that brings up for you. Yeah, no, that's really beautiful because I think that 
So what's coming up is, for instance, right now we're in the middle of eclipse season, right? We, we are, this is October 23rd, 2023, and we just experienced one solar eclipse on October 14th and are on our way to experiencing the second eclipse of the season on October 28th. Eclipse seasons are energetic portals of time that represent almost an upgrade in the collective, okay? And that upgrade looks like a lot of different things. Upgrades are usually, the word upgrade is usually associated with something good, and it is, but it doesn't always look that way in our world. Mm -hmm. Now, for sensitive souls, sensitive people, or those here, I think here's a better way of saying it. Those aware of their level of sensitivity, because I think we're all sensitive souls. I think, again, others just mask it um, or numb it. For those that are aware of their sensitivity, I think the, the world is going to feel like an extra too much. I think that you're going to probably experience a lot of crying and not understanding why, perhaps a lot of dark thoughts and not understand why. Um, I think you might experience just extreme tiredness and, and need the need to sleep and not understand why. Well, that, that right there calls for our relationship with our sensitivity to your point, mm -hmm. right? Because in, I think that we do experience particular times where it's going to be triggered and amplified that much more. And so for me, this eclipse season has been pretty rough. And one of the things that I have found the most helpful and nourishing has been sleep. Mm. So sleeping in between sessions, going to bed earlier, sleeping in a little bit more, um, that has been so restorative to my system, to my body. And it has been a way to really keep my sensitivity as as i don't know as even as possible so that it doesn't so that the world doesn't feel overwhelming now the world has felt overwhelming a few days and there is going to be that awareness from time to time mm -hmm. and the understanding again because of the relationship that i now have with my sensitivity is that doesn't mean that this is where i have to stay Right. This too shall pass. Mm. Because we have to remember that in the larger scheme of things, life works in seasons. So if you are finding yourself, I think in a season that feels for a little too long, I think I think this is where astrology really getting an astrology reading comes into uh helps a lot, getting some kind of any, any kind of intuitive reading, um, tarot reading, anything that can tell you, okay, this is going to last a little longer, or you're almost through this, or, well, it seems like maybe you should have been out of this. What are you holding on to? I think when I do, when I do readings, I find that giving people a little bit of a timeline helps because it doesn't mean that it has to be dark the whole time. I think there is still a certain level of responsibility that we have, again, to meet our day-to-day -day and understand that we are going through a season. But essentially what I'm saying, each one of those layers, I think, just 
reminds us of our sovereignty and of our the, of the responsibility that comes with that sovereignty because no matter how sensitive we feel no matter how overwhelming the world feels we still have the responsibility to give ourselves what we need at that moment and to remember that we belong in the world and that there's a reason for that yes that's so beautifully said and so i feel like now it's important to remember you know how do we use our sensitivity to be of service Mm-hmm. You know, now that we, you know, we're talking about being in relationship to it, understanding it. I feel like we each are meant to be of service in some way. And now that all looks different, you know. Um, and if sensitivity is part of us being here, and I feel like it's a gateway to our spiritual gifts like intuition and empathy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what do you feel like? How do we how do we be of service? as sensitive beings or how do we use it to be of service i mean look kindness is i think one of the easiest things we can exercise mm-hmm. and and at any given moment and it seems to be one of the hardest things that for us to exercise i feel as time goes on which is a shame mm-hmm. and kindness can look like a lot of different things kindness can look like and smiling at someone at the on you know on the street kindness can look like helping a neighbor or kindness can look like checking in on someone there there's i think that the foundation of kindness is connection hmm. because and and genuine connection because there is this understanding of I'm a human being and they're a human being. And when we connect something really, something beautiful happens, even if it's for a short moment. Does that make sense? It does. And I love that you said kindness, because I think that's something we can all do. It doesn't matter like what our lives look like. Mm -hmm. We can all Mm -hmm. have access to kindness. Right. Even in difficult times. Right. And even if, you know, we work in an office or we work as delivery drivers, whatever it is, kindness is, we're all capable of it. We all have access to it. Um, can we do that? Yeah. And, and so, because again, we are all sensitive souls, everyone, everyone is a sensitive soul. And so, can you imagine if you have a different level of your of awareness of your own sensitivity that perhaps another d- person doesn't have of their own and you you know share kindness with them in some way that does something to someone mm-hmm. that that lets them know that the world is not always as harsh as they may be experiencing it without you knowing it or even without them knowing it there's something that shifts in there mm-hmm. and yeah. this makes incredible shifts it's palpable right mm-hmm. right yeah i think that's beautiful yeah so that that feels complete for me that feels complete for me too yeah okay
So thank you all so much for listening, for your feedback, for your reviews. Um, it's always, it's truly a pleasure to, to do these episodes. Um, do you have anything going on right now that you'd like to share? Not right now, not in this moment. Okay. So I am actually going to start opening up my calendar for the year ahead readings before the end of October. I'm going to start doing that. Uh, and so for those of you who are not aware, my year ahead of readings are one-on-one -on -one readings, 75 minute readings. And I sit with you and I go over month by month with you according to your chart as to what 2024 has in store for you. So we look at the energy, potential manifestations, what you may potentially um, deal with or opportunities that you might have. And so I'm going to open up my calendar for that this week, the week of October 23rd. So be on the lookout for that. Yeah. Thank y'all. Thanks for Thank listening you. as always. Bye. Bye. Thank you all for joining us once again on another episode. It is always our pleasure to have these conversations. If you like the show, please rate and review. It is always a great help for us. And if you'd like to know what we're up to, check out our show notes or check us out on Instagram at Blue Butterfly Effect Podcast at AshleyTorrent29 or at Astro underscore Consciousness.